Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello and welcome to Rock That Relationship. Today we are talking about type styles and preferences, learning all about your partner, learning all about yourself, learning about your compatibility, learning about how to get along, how to have a great relationship using all of these really cool tools and assessments and tests and things that you find online. So how to get out of it if you have to, (laughs) reasons, reasons to get out of it. Right, right. So, okay. So, you know, I know that I, you know, as a a professor in leadership, this is like literally curriculum that I teach. I'm like, okay, everybody, we're going to take the Myers-Briggs or we're going to do the Enneagram or we're going to do the Strengths Finder. I mean, any number of these things and I facilitate them and and all this stuff. And of course I'm drawn to it, but I'm surprised as to how many other people I've met that don't do this for a living are really drawn to these types of assessments to learn about themselves and potentially learn about not just like in their workplace, but learn about their partners and where they're- points of connection are and where there may be points of dissonance are. And, and so, uh, you know, have you ever taken any, any personality assessments before? All of them. They were court ordered. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get that out. No, I've taken them because I personally, even though I'm not a leadership professor, I find them to be so informative. Yeah. What are your, what are some of your favorites? The um, Enneagram, that was quite interesting to do. I thought Myers-Briggs really helped me to understand myself and actually more so to understand like, oh, there's so many different types. There's so many different people, right? And so there's four categories in there. And then it's like those, all the different combos you could have. And then you have all these different people in the world with that. So, um, you know, in love languages, I think that is interesting. On all those apps, it asks you, what's your love language? Yeah. Well, and you know, what's even interesting is when I signed up to do one of the dating apps, they actually had me take a personality assessment. And then they, mm-hmm. they, when I was matched with people, they only matched me with people, not just in my filters, right? Like geographic or age or whatever, but they also matched me based on, I don't know, some kind of algorithm that, that was, that was made me compatible with somebody else's personality assessment. And I could click on that and see their, their personality. And how, and how do you feel about that? You know, it was kind of interesting because I don't know that there's like a a be all end all of like what is exactly compatible. So I don't know that I want to filter out people that some algorithm thinks isn't compatible, but I do think that it is interesting to figure out like about people. Um, For instance, I took, I've, you know, I've taken all of these as well, you know, Enneagram MBTI, I've taken strengths, I've taken disc, you know, pretty much. Did you say MM what? Uh, Enneagram, MBTI, Strengths Finder, the DISC assessment, emotional intelligence assessments, those kind of things. You know, I've, I've done all those and I find them really, really insightful. Um, and you know, there's one in particular, like if I were to look really, I mean, really at the heart of what I, I love most is probably the Myers Briggs. Um, because I remember that when I started getting into this stuff and started teaching it and started taking a lot of classes on it, I realized that my partner at the time was a really big introvert, right? And I'm a huge extrovert. Like not only am I like incredibly social and like to be around people and that's where I get my energy. I also like to externally process. 
if someone is a, a complete introvert, they're not wanting you to chat at them 24 seven, right? They're also or not even same... five minutes of the day. No. They don't seem to enjoy. It. No. And that person also, you know, is like, I, I don't get energy from talking to people or being around right. people. I want to go home and just sit and read. And I was like, why do you want to read? And, you know, I've talked about this in previous episodes, the introversion, extroversion scale and how that really just like drew some attention to me. So my next partner, I was like, I'm finding an off the charts extrovert. That's going to make us more compatible. And then you know, and, and while that was fun, it was like, whoa, there wasn't even a second to breathe. We we're always talking. We we're always processing. We we're always running around. And I actually got tired, um, hmm. you know, and sort of swung the pendulum back to someone who's a little bit more introverted. And so when you go back to that question that you asked me is like, did I like that idea of that personality assessment in the dating app? Yes. To the extent that I could make the determination of whether or not hmm. I felt like someone maybe like, I don't know, kind of off the scales one way or the other. Although I wasn't sure what personality assessment they were using and the validity, but that's my professor head anyways. But I wanted to be able to make that determination. And I do think that that was helpful for me to be able to see that because particularly introvert and extrovert was, has been a point of, of contention or at least a point of awareness in three relationships I've been in. Yes. Introvert and extrovert has been a problem for me. I think love languages has been a problem for me. Um, definitely the Myers-Briggs type of stuff. So let's get into them because basically they've all been problematic. So, okay. So because, you say they've been problematic. What do you, what, you mean that there's just been like, like what, what have you learned about yourself that maybe is problematic or what have you learned about like your compatibility? Well, so these, what I'm saying is like these tests or these, you know, barometers or whatever you call them, like, they actually, these are helpful to do to understand what the problems are. So the mm -hmm. problems that I was having in a relationship were directly related to these kind of things. Um, different love languages, different. Um, and that leaves a person, if you're not, if you're not doing stuff in their love language, they think you don't like them or they think that you don't care. And it's like, you know, like there's a lot of women, maybe there's men out there and other people who love to get flowers, but I'm not a, like, I don't go get flowers. Like, it just does not even occur mm -hmm. to me. And I do not find that at all. I it's, I don't like it. Like, I don't care. Maybe I'll get some tulips every once in a while. But, like, that would do nothing for me. If I was with someone and they were constantly bringing me flowers, it would do absolutely nothing for me. Now, if they said, let's go do this activity or let's, you know, do this chore together or I did this for you, then I would like that. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's good because you're getting, not only do you, are you getting self-awareness, right? Or at least validating your own ideas and self-awareness, but then you're also understanding where that maybe, maybe it's not even incompatibility. I remember having just recently having this conversation saying that like, just because someone, for instance, we go back to introvert and extrovert, just because someone's an introvert and someone's an extrovert doesn't make them compatible. It just doesn't make them the same. So as long as you can talk about what that means, right? Like, um, you know, as an extrovert, I want to process in the moment, but sometimes there is a downside to that, right? Sometimes I say things I don't mean or that are hurtful because I'm really trying to work through something. So in conflict, it does help me to step back and take a moment. And having an introverted partner sort of forces me to do that where they might be the ones to say, hey, I need a half an hour or I need a day. And that used to just push me over the edge. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't take a day. But now right. I'm like, Okay, take a day. If you're going to come back to me better prepared to have a conversation, right. I want you to be in your best space. And for me, that's going to help me slow down a little bit and maybe be more mindful about processing before I, I come back to that conversation. So 
there is a compatibility there, even though there's not a sameness, but there right. didn't used to be right. Because it used right. to be bad. It was, we're in, we're in a conflict. I want to talk. You don't want to listen. You don't want to talk. You leave. I'm, I'm upset. And you know, now I've understood it more and now I understand how to make that compatible. So, okay. When you say it was a problem before, because you didn't like that style, once you understand that that's a style and it's not personal, does that make you step back and say, okay, well, I can tolerate this person needing a day to go get their head around this or think about it, you know? Yeah. I like to see, obviously when we process, 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 and the stuff is coming out, like you're learning as you're processing, whereas a person who wants to go sit in the woods and think about it, you know, that's a different, they can't, they can't receive that information that you're talking about while you're talking at them because it's just, it's too much. It's like their brain gets overloaded. Right. And, and I, I have a much better appreciation for that now because now, because if I'm in in some type of a conflict with someone, do I really want to spew a bunch of things at them and have them not in a place where they feel ready to engage with me? That's, that just seems like a recipe for disaster. Why don't we both show up as our best selves in the styles that work best for us and have legitimate conversations? But that with my, I had an ex and it wasn't like that. I was like, she she would walk out of the room and she'd go read or something. I'm like, how can you focus on reading? We have so much to talk about. And she's just like, I need to do my thing. And it, and so now I understand that better. So I, I think that part of it is an awareness, but part of it is like an appreciation, right? It's not how I would do it, but knowing that if, you, if I want to engage with your best self, then I need to be understanding. Right. You have to let the other person have their own process. Exactly. I mean, and we've talked a lot about extrovert and introvert, but, you know, think about, um, there's some other, you know, you're talking about the scales on the Myers-Briggs. We talk about, um, sensing and intuition. We don't talk a lot about that particular scale in relationships, but I think it's important because sensing people are very concrete, data oriented, very rational, very, um, you know, pragmatic and intuition. People are big ideas, big possibilities, visions, creativity. And when you're thinking about things like, even planning a vacation, you know, you may have a partner who's very sensing, who wants to like, okay, this isn't very, you know, it isn't rational for us to think we're going to go to the beach and the mountains in one day. It's just mm-hmm. not practical. They're 30 miles apart on a dirt road. And the, the person who's intuitive is like, oh no, but I want to, I want to do both. I think it's going to be so fun. And you can create a point of like, I don't know if it's, if it's kind of a disconnect, but this idea of like, you know, you're, you don't think it's possible and you're putting all these restrictions on me and the other person saying, well, wait a minute, you have too many big ideas that aren't even realistic. But if you can just sit down and say, okay, let's kind of come together knowing that I'm, you know, I might bring the possibilities and you might bring the reality and together, I'm not going to be offended by your reality, but you're also not going to be, you know, derailed by my possibilities and having a real conversation about it and being able to identify and, and actually articulate, Hey, we are showing up differently for this type of a conversation and decision. Let's acknowledge that and talk about our process, not just talk about the trip. That's smart. I think that, that, that you have to have that awareness, right? And I think that, um, how you do those things, like, if you're talking about people with intuition who generally, I mean, I don't know if that's, you're saying like doing big things or wanting big things. I've been with people who find that annoying, like Mm -hmm. the talking about it, the like, Oh my God, the possibilities. And they're not in that place to like have that 
expansion, right? And they're more practical. And let's just think about the practical things. And I don't know. I, I don't know if I need to be with somebody. I, I think I'd prefer to be with someone who's really like constantly looking for more thing, like something new to do, something exciting, something um expanding their life, right? Mm-hmm. Or pushing the envelope or whatever. And I think there's other people who just want a more um calm existence or staid existence, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, what you're talking about really is this idea of compatibility. You would be looking more for somebody who has these kind of big ideas, big possibilities in mind. Um, And so that's one approach. The other approach is you, you meet who you meet, you fall in love. And if they're not like you, then you figure out how to leverage those differences to work for you. So, you know, I'm going to have all these possibilities. And maybe I say, listen, don't, you know, as I go through each possibility, don't give me any feedback on any of them. I want to just dream big right now. And then we can narrow it down into something that's more practical and maybe use that as a way to have kind of a better conversation because, you know, I might be like, let's go to the beach and the mountains in one day. And I'm not really thinking it through. And the other person's approach might be incredibly valuable to me. Um, if, if I, you know, we, we establish how it is that we're going to use that to make each other feel empowered and not bring each other down. Right. Like, um, and so I think that's important. So, you know, you're talking about two things, right? Is one is like finding someone who is a match for you in what you want, um, or finding someone who isn't necessarily the same as you, but might be able to compliment you. Well, and that they like that, right? Right. And that they want that too, because, you know, I mean, I had, um, I did have a partner at one point who said to me that my worst trait was my passion and zest for life this idea that I wanted big things and a big dreamer and big achiever. And I would go out and just make things happen. If you've ever met me since I was about five years old, that's just who I am. And that's what I love about this world. And she was much more grounded. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't have an issue with her being more grounded, but she had an issue with me being so big and visionary and all that stuff. It just overwhelmed her. So part of it is also understanding that the way we show up might not be how our partner that's what I'm saying. It's like overwhelming yeah. for their brain. Now, if you yeah. go, I want to read off the list of the Enneagram people. You know, there's nine types. Can I just read them? I don't have to read. Yeah, read, read the, read the nine types. The reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist, um, the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. And then if you go down, look at what they say about each other. Like one's powerful, dominating, one's um, busy or fun-loving, easygoing, um, complacent, right? So I don't think the peacemaker would do well with the challenger. I'm a challenger, right? Powerful, dominating, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And that does not work with somebody who's not, who, who shrinks from, you know, conflict. And I don't know that that's something that people want to compromise on, you know? Right. And they, I guess that's the conversation that you have. Cause would you do well with another challenger? Maybe, maybe that. Yes. Maybe you'd, yes, maybe you'd like that. Some challengers, yeah. some challengers don't like that. They right. Because they're bossy. Yeah. They want because to be it's them. like their way or the highway or they have their own ideas and they don't want but to But the challenged. peacemaker would be put off by the pushing of the, the challenger all the time. You know, they just want to be chill. I don't know. That's the thing. I think that these are all give like a lot of insight, just like I was saying with that personality assessment in the dating app. I don't think there's any magical combination per se, although um, it's probably important to know that what's what is valuable to you 
you know, probably should be valuable to someone else if you're going to have a good match. But at the same time, like, what do you do if you fall in love with a challenger and a peacemaker? Maybe again, you can learn enough about each other to figure out where those commonalities are. And, um, but also learn enough to know like where you need to step back or approach things a little differently. Um, and maybe it means that, yeah, you know, a peacemaker could say to you, Tracy, like, yeah, challenge me when it comes to like professional things, but don't challenge me when I'm having a really bad day. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you can learn to respect that and step back. Um, and you could say to the peacemaker, like, I like that you just kind of like, you know, sometimes just go along with some of my ideas, but, but in these cases, if there's an idea that I put forth, that's going to cost, like have a high financial cost or another cost, I want you to say, please say something to me. And maybe that's what you do, but it elicits that conversation. Um, but it could also be that you're just like, Hey, listen, I'm never going to date a blank. Like I'm a three, I'm an achiever. I get things done. I need to be with people who are moving. I mean, I I need to be people who have, you know, just goals in life. Like they don't, Mm -hmm. they're not just getting up every day, like groundhog day, because that would bother me. Um, what would bother you about that? I just feel like it's stasis. It's just like Mm -hmm. sitting still, you know, I've always had kind of this, this idea about, um, you know, people who hang the calendar up on their wall and then they cross through it as the day ends, you know, they put a big X through it as if they're like working towards something, right? Like, so like a day countdown. And I've asked people who have that, I'm like, what are you counting down to? Is it like your birthday or a trip? It's like nothing, just life. I'm like, I do not want to live life like that, where you just make an exit through the day at the end of the calendar, you know, on your calendar. It's like, I want big, I want big stuff. And I want someone who's at least, even if they're not going to create that, they're at least willing to go along for the ride. Right. I I do cross out my days just so you know, I think you really talked about that. Yeah. I crossed them out. How would I know that the day had passed? <laughs> because out. you lived it with exciting and wonderful things. <laughs> I have a calendar, one of those uh dry erase calendars on my wall, which I can now see all the days are marked off. Otherwise, I don't, I like, I mean, I have things on their trips, this, that, but no, I got to, it's, it's more of an organizational thing. And then I have a paper calendar and I have to cross off each day. And I'll tell you, it makes me feel very successful. And everything that I do, if I put in like hike, if I put in podcast recording, if I put in, I have to go do this, I check it off. I check that I did it. Even if it's like, you know, makes me feel better. Well, I only check off stuff like Like, did laundry and then, but yeah, all of it. Cause I want to know that I did it, but then I, you know, cross off the day. Well, this is just another reason that we are not compatible. The calendar thing. Because we have a calendar issue. Not compatible. I mean, the fact that we're both, Virgos and we are both the same Myers-Briggs type ENTJ is pretty, pretty remarkable. But Enneagram, you're an eight challenger, right? I'm a three mm-hmm. achiever. We do. I have eight, actually eight is in my top three as well. Do you know anything else? Any of the other ones in your top three? I used to, but then I did the thing again and it was, um, I did, you have to pay for the full report. So I didn't get it, but I'm probably an investigator five, you know, except yeah. then it says secretive. So I'm not secretive, but, um, I mean, I'm sort of an achiever, but not, I mean, I'm an achiever of some things. Okay. Okay. I mean, so, well, let me ask you this out of all the things that you've ever taken, cause you've taken a bunch of these, you said, what, um, what has been the most profound learning for you about how you show up in relationships? Like out of all of the things that you've learned about yourself from, from these, te- these tests or these assessments, I think the Myers-Briggs was the okay. most informative. 
Well, what about it? Was there something from the Myers-Briggs that you, that stood out? Yeah. And one of my exes, I always perceived as an extrovert and she did something. I don't know if it was Myers-Briggs, but recently she found out that she was like 70% introvert and both she was surprised about that. I was surprised about that, but then going back, it kind of makes sense. Right. Um, Cause I was overwhelming for her. I think um, mm-hmm. even though she's more extroverted than other people I was with, but I think it's really important to know that, like everything that I do in my life is based on intuition. Okay. I just do it. I feel it, do it. And that is so yeah. the opposite of how some people roll, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the thinking versus feeling, which is weird. Cause if I'm operating on, int- you know, being more intuitive, you'd think I'd be more feeling, but if you go and read the descriptions of that, like it's like, I'm partly logical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and part of that too, is that, you know, like for me, I'm thinking, and a lot of that has come from intuitive experience over the years, right? Mm -hmm. I have come to like a logical conclusion about something because I have been intuitive about it for so long that I've determined a conclusion about it. So, um, you know, for you that there may be some of that as well, right. That you just like, you have a judge, like, uh, like we've talked about this, right. Boundaries, right is when we recognize that we have a really weird, maybe an uncomfortable kind of interaction or connection with someone that both of us are more boundary to say, step back. That's a very thinking thing to do, step back. Mm -hmm. But it's been based off of years of intuition of knowing that when we didn't step back from those kind of situations, they didn't end very well. So they can coexist. And I think you and I do have very similar kind of approaches with that. It's like, I meet somebody and I feel like something's off. I don't pursue it. And that's my thinking. It's like, boom, I'm mm-hmm. not going to, I'm not going to move forward. And I don't, I don't mean it in a really bad way, but it's not like, Oh, I'm going to give them a chance. I'm going to check it out. Like I'm just not there. I just don't want to move forward because of my past experience. Well, yeah. And is that really an, like an ENTJ thing or is that your, you've, you've had lived experience and you're like, I don't want to repeat these terrible things. I mean, it's interesting. Cause like, I'm looking at the words now extrovert introvert obvious the difference right but sensing or intuition i don't see how those i mean how are those even different you sense something you sense it with your five senses and intuition is more like your gut like you can't put your finger on it you just know something you want something you see something there's possibility sensing is more like if it's if it if it looks like a cat it's a cat right Mm. you know like um so it's the five senses and then okay. thinking and feeling is where you, you make your judgment calls, right? Do you make them in your head or you make them in your heart? It doesn't mean that if hmm. you're thinking that you're heartless or you have no empathy, that's a big stereotype. And if you're feeling, you don't have any rational ability. It just means that you typically go to one place or the other to extract past experiences to make your, make your decisions. Well, you'd think I would be a feeling one instead of a, so I think it's important to do those tests. Mm-hmm. I mean, for everybody. Mm-hmm. So they can really see because then the last one is judging or perceiving. So right. what and, does that mean? Well, judging are people who have kind of prejudged a situation, not people, not judging people, but prejudged the situation. So you're like, okay, I want to go hiking on Saturday at 7am and a perceiving person will be like, I don't know if I want to go hiking at 7am. I'll have to figure it out. It depends on if it's raining. It depends on how I'm feeling. Um, you have some perceiving in you because you do that, but you also have some judging. You do like to have firm things that mm. you know about because you operate better under that kind of structure and scheduling. Um, if left to your own devices, I think from what I know about you, you do kind of um, live in more of a perceiving world where you like to 
you like to be on the go and do those things. But at the end of the day, there's also part of structure that gives you a sense of safety. That's just my guess. Well, um, and judging. I mean, I can like figure out a situation right away, right? That's like, what, yeah, that's what yeah, judging not is. Not sitting there and, oh, let me feel, you know, like I know right away, yeah. boom, done. Right. And then you can make a determination. That's why judging people show up as pretty scheduled or they know what they need to do because, um, they've already judged maybe similar situations again, you know, like, right. So they all kind of work together, but I think the bigger piece with all of this is understanding what we've learned about ourselves. You know, like I said, the extrovert introvert scale has been really, really telling for me. The other scale that has been so informative for me is the judging or perceiving. Um, I'm in a relationship with someone who's a P perceiving. This is the first time ever in my life I've ever been in that kind of thing where it's like, like, it's just kind of loosey goosey. Like we don't really make weekend plans. I mean, we, we live together. We don't even make mm-hmm. weekend plans until 10 minutes before, you know, it's just like, um, and, and that stresses me out sometimes because as a judging person, I want to know what I'm doing over the weekend. So the really, the happy medium is, um, you know, when are we hanging out this weekend? And then mm-hmm. I can plan the rest of my weekend. And then if she doesn't want to plan her weekend, she doesn't have to, but I want to know at three o'clock on Saturday, we're going to go do this. And then, mm-hmm. then I can do the rest of my weekend. And that's been a really happy place to to be able to be. And it's also allowed me to have some ownership over my time and some flexibility together. So that's been really eye-opening for me um, because um, the idea of especially even at the early onset of, you know, relationships when, you know, if you have two, two people who are perceiving they're like, yeah, call me. And the other one's like, sure, I'll call you. And then they don't. And then, you know, and the judging people are like, all right, Thursday at six, Friday at seven, Saturday mm-hmm. at four. And then, you know, and so how do you, how do you work with that? Especially at the beginning of a relationship? It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have to talk it out again, as I always say, it's just communication. You know, well, what kind of person are you? Are you a planner? Are you not? Is that going to drive you crazy? You know? Right. Right. How do we either um, leverage each other's strengths so each other can be their whole selves or how do we compromise or how do we work together? Right. Um, You know, and I, I think that's the the important part is being able to talk about it. But the first part is having some self-awareness, both like each individual in the relationship having their own awareness of who they are and, and how they show up. Right. Right. Um, so have you ever been with somebody who's taken any of these assessments and like actually had like an intentional conversation around them? Yes. I was married to a clinical psychologist. Ah, so what she do give you like a list of links and it was like, okay, come back to me after you. Well, she, well, we did discuss all of these things. Right. So she knows all of that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I had done a lot of, personality stuff for the police department and being, you know, interviewed and all that kind of thing. And the, all those tests that they try to screen out uh, people for, but it was, it was important. It was important for us to do those and know those about each other. And I Mm -hmm. still didn't do well with it, to be honest. I don't do well with introverts. Oh, you mean you didn't do well with the fact that other people weren't (laughs) like you? (laughs) Not you didn't do well with the assessment, but yeah, okay. the fact that when I got the information, it didn't change it. I wasn't, I'm not, I'm, I guess I wasn't there. That's what I'm saying. There are some things you just can't get over. I don't do well with introverts. I don't. Well, and and you know that about yourself and that's right. Important. I can't take it. It's like, <clears throat> and the processing speed of the brain, like my processing speed is very fast yes. and um, it's hard for people to catch up, you know? Yes. And yeah. so that's hard for me as well. Like, People who have to process more slowly. And then I've already moved on to, you know, three topics up the road and it's difficult. Uh-huh. 
and it's not that I can't be calm. Obviously I'm sitting here for an hour, you know, being calm, but um, it's the way the brain works. Like, you know, I had mm-hmm. stepchildren and we had to do all this for school and, you know, to try and figure out the best way for them to learn. I mean, it's, this is all very similar to, you know, those learning things. How do kids learn? Right. Mm-hmm. How, how do they learn? Um, and, and, or people, how do people learn, you know, kinesthetic learners versus reading? I mean, I can't, I can't learn stuff. I mean, I, I should say by reading because I did read all through law school, but, um, you know, if I'm going to put together this IKEA cabinet, right? I, and they have their directions. I do better. Like the only way in my life now that I've been able to put together IKEA furniture is because I had that roommate who did it and he showed me the calm way to do it and the, the, the way he, he was so good at it. Right. Like it really helped me. And like the other thing that really helped me was I'm going to take my time, you know? So now when I put together a piece of Ikea furniture, it may take two or three days and that would drive other people crazy. I had a friend come down to help me and she's like, my son would have had this done an hour ago. My son would have done this. And like, mm-hmm. she was stressing me out. You know, mm-hmm. she just kept saying like, he would have had this finisher. He would have been. And like, I can't operate that way. Like if I'm going to be deliberate and put something together or do something like build a website or whatever, which is probably why I've never built one because I, it takes me so long and I have to be so deliberate about it. And, you know, but then when I'm thinking, like if I'm thinking about ideas or talking or whatever, I move too fast for other people. So I think even within those things, it's like, you know, you may be quicker in one arena of your life than another. And I do think like that's frustrating to people. I mean, the whole joke is like people can't put together Ikea furniture, you know, put it together like two people together. It's very difficult because each person (laughs) is going to have their own speed, style, You know what I mean? And the and that's only a surefire way, way to break up a relationship is to exactly. put together IKEA furniture together. Yeah, except my roommate and I did it. And then when he left, I was like, um, I'm going to get some furniture. And I just put the TV on and it took me two days. It was like yeah. four to six hours to put together one dresser. But I had, yeah. it was so enjoyable for me because I watched TV while I did it. Yeah. But I mean, that's good that you know that about yourself. So like, if you and I were living together and we had a dresser to put together, um, either you want I it done it, all at I, once. I would put it together very fast or we would have a conversation and you would say, listen, mm-hmm. it's going to take me three days. And then I will. And then if you tell me that ahead of time so that I don't think you're just leaving all the pieces of wood laying in the middle of the floor and you say it's going to happen in three days, it'll be done. Then I know to back off. But I think mm-hmm. that goes back to this idea of our styles are so always so different. Even the people that are you know, even you and I are both ENTJs. We're both Virgos. We're both, you know, so many of the same things, but we're so very different. So there's such differences in any of these. That right. The key is to just talk about what your expectations are before you do something. Like, I mean, really, honestly, if you thought about it, if people sat down before they tried to put together a piece of Ikea furniture and said, how do you want to approach this? And then how do you want to approach this? I had an ex who liked to dump out every single bag of every single like screw or any of those nuts and bolts and put them in little piles. Um, mm. and it took like 20 minutes to organize that. I'm like, oh my gosh, just tear them open and just reach right. in when you need one of these things. But that was like how she did it. And we never right. talked about how we did it. And of course it ended up in, you know, tears or whatever, half the time right. we try to do this, but it's stuff like that. It's like, okay, are we going to plan a trip? Let's talk about all the things that might come about, not only about the process of the trip, but if I'm with an introvert, they might not want to go on like 
big group tours every single day. So let's talk about how we're showing up for the task at hand or what we're about to do um, before we just do it, right? Like I think about the fact that when holidays come up, right? And you, you, you know, as an extrovert, I'm like, oh, let's go and spend the whole day with this whole group of people and we'll do this and we'll eat and then we'll do this. And, and you know, that might just wear an introvert right. out. And, and then all of a sudden the fight becomes about, you don't want to spend time with my family. And it's like, that's not what it is, right? Right. It's maybe it's just that like, I'm really overwhelmed as an introvert. Like I, I don't right. know your family as well as you do. I need some quiet time. Or There's even some, if you, you know, know them, you might want time apart. Exactly. I think that's the thing is you have to get to the root of what it is about. Does this person not want that chaos? And everybody in any relationship, be it friends or a, a romantic one should be able to say that. Right. 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 And And everybody should be able to listen, but we don't often talk on the front end about like how our different styles and preferences show up, even in the most mundane things like going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I, with one of my partners, she was like, I'm going to run to the grocery store. And I'd be like, Oh, you want, can I come? She goes, well, if you're going to go to the grocery store, then I don't need to go to the grocery store. Cause she was like an introvert. She was a thinker, a sensor. She was just like, get me to the store, get me back. I have a task. And I was like, I was looking at it as extrovert. Let's spend time together. We can go to the store. It's intuition. So I'm going to look around. I, I have my list, but I also like whatever strikes my fancy, I'm going to throw in the mm. cart. To me, it was a whole experience. But for her, she was like, well, if you're going to go, then I'm wasting my time going. And I thought at first that she was just like, didn't want to spend time right. with me. But really the idea was we had very different perspectives of what grocery shopping looked like. Right. And we know, and it's years and years. We never talked about it. It wasn't even until I got out of the relationship that I figured that out. Well, it's interesting you bring up grocery shopping because I was with someone who's very particular. She's a real math brain. And so she, you know, she would make her list, but then we went through the store and got the things. And I cannot be in a grocery store for more than like 10 minutes. I will have mm-hmm. a meltdown. And we were shopping for a month, a month and a half at a time, right? So it was way more time that I want to be in there. Sometimes we had two carts of food. It was overwhelming for me. I couldn't stand it. I like, so she took everything and organized the whole, her list by the area of the store and oh, wow. for that particular store. So that on our list, it was in order of how the store was laid out. Okay. Not only That's did she do that, she had an entire meal plan for a month and a half and she used the fresh vegetables for all the recipes first and then the frozen for the ones closer to the end of the six weeks. We spent like a hundred bucks for six weeks. Right. So I very much, I so appreciated that she cooked. I did all the dishes. But she made that. I said, I cannot be in the store. I can't. I'm going to have an emotional breakdown. And this is before I think AirPods existed. So it's not like I could just, you know, do my mm-hmm. own thing. Like, I can't be in a store. I, I start to, like, have a panic attack or something. I just, I don't know. I just leave. I cannot stand it. I don't go clothes shopping. Nothing. If I don't, like, I'd order all my shoes, vans offline, my all my pickleball stuff, everything I just get through Amazon. So because what did you do with the grocery shopping, though? Did you just stop going with her? No, we went so fast. People were shocked. <laughs> that was, we were living in Wyoming and people were like shocked. Like we were known for coming in there and like, like <clears throat> boom, 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 boom. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. It, so- it, came, it became like a, almost a game, like how fast we could get this list done and get out of that store. And but, then I mean, that's, I, but that's a good example of your strengths together, right? The right. fact is you could go faster and get out of there because she was so organized with where you needed to go right? and had the list. And so that's a really great example of being able to leverage those strengths together 
to do. But, but she had to kind of do more of the work. Also, I yeah. think that's similar to our podcast situation and our one travel experience where you're the one doing the bulk of the work, right? Like, and you have to understand that the person that you're doing these things with, like, they're bringing something else that maybe is not as quantifiable, you know? And, and yeah. I think that's really hard. It's very hard to the person who's more organized is always going to do more of the work. Right. And I feel like they need to learn to accept that because they don't want to be without their organization, without their list, without their planning. And the other person doesn't work that way. But if the other person who's coming along to help and you want this company, now you've planned it out, it makes it easier for that other person, you know? Like, right. But the other person does in some ways need to use their styles and strengths to step up and do something else, you know, or it does feel like a like, disequilibrium. Like if you're constantly like the one planning everything and the one doing everything and that labor falls on someone, even though like as someone who is a judging person and I love scheduling things out and planning all that stuff, there is a sense of resentment that the other person isn't contributing. And so while I'm using my strengths and I wouldn't want to just leave it at the hands of nothing, right? Like there's no plan. Um, by default, I take it on. But if I do, I wish that it was more equal. Yes, absolutely. But also people like that tend to be more control oriented as far as the process. Right. And so, oh, I'm going to leave it up to you. You know, you don't want it that way because you want to double check. And I do think that that's really important because people like me can drive people like you crazy. Like well, completely crazy. We both drive each other crazy. That's actually, it's, I mean, but I, I don't, I don't know in this realm though, like in my ex who's more like you, um, maybe she just never would have left it up to me, right? She would not feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd feel comfortable leaving stuff up to somebody else either. I do too. I left you all the marketing leaving, for this uh, leave, podcast. Leave, I don't even check in on you when you post those Instagram posts. <laughs> even sometimes if they're, you posted something that <gasps> should have been on your own personal site and you post it from rock that relationship. I just gently tell you like, Hey, maybe you could relook at this. I do but, not double check. I do not question what you do, but, but um, the fact that you even know that, right? That's what well, I know that. Cause I'm like, why I don't, why is this coming up on rock that relationship? It's like a cat playing a tambourine. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're going to, really that's not our that's brand. That's really important for relationships. Oh, but see there, that's the interesting thing, right? That people who, here's the thing about relationships, like either, yeah, you have to talk about it. And how much do you ask that person to change? That's the thing. That's well, you don't. when you, troubles start to happen. When right. you really it's not about want changing. people to change. No, it's more about just leveraging. Like the idea is like, okay, so I'm going to be, you know, maybe my strength is more on top of like the editing and the show notes like we've been doing. But you have more of just kind of like, you you know, you know what people might want to hear because you're talking to people out there. So it makes more sense for you to, to do the marketing stuff. That's more, even though you're not like a marketing trained person, it just makes more sense. You're the one getting a lot of people who are like messaging you directly and like, oh my gosh, the podcast is great. So it makes sense, I think, for you to be like, okay, when I'm pulling a clip out of this for our advertising, it makes sense that people are going to want to hear this. So you know that better than than I do. So but I, I wonder, think- like, okay, so we just talk about us. We had a trip planned to Peru, right? And you come, you did all the work to find the trip, the track and all that it was great. And I so appreciate it. And had you been there, had you actually come on it, then I think my style of like kind of taking us in a more 
loosey-goosey way when we're there might have benefited you as well. So maybe Mm -hmm. you would end up doing things that you hadn't pre-planned or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do see these people like they're going to go on a trip and they have it all researched out. Like I will show up in a country and I know nothing. And I just, it's like I, and I sometimes think, gosh, I really should have done some research because I find out there's these cool things that I didn't even know about. But I often have these really rich experiences you know, with people there that I wouldn't have probably had otherwise if I was like on Mm -hmm. an itinerary. So I think, you know, there's benefits of both, but I also don't Mm -hmm. think, or I think that people, there's a lot of people, they, it is not, they're not comfortable. They they want their way, right? There's nothing wrong with their way. And there's nothing wrong with it. Again, it goes back to self-awareness. Is this a deal breaker for you? Or is it just something that you want to keep out in front of you. Like, is is your is it a deal breaker for you to not be with an introvert, or is it if you're with an introvert, you just need to be really mindful about having a lot more discussions than you normally would about how you're going to process or how much social time you're going to have. And so, I think that's the part about all this that's important is knowing yourself and then knowing what you want, and then being able to talk to your partner about, you know, maybe complimenting because I, you know, one of the things I do like about being with someone who is, you know, perceiving on the Myers-Briggs, which is more, you know, kind of unstructured and spontaneous is that I do get to do things that I wouldn't normally get to do. I do get to, you know, um, you know, climb a mountain that looks really cool just because we're standing next to it as opposed to planning out the trek. But I also know that, that there's a mutual appreciation for the fact that I found a hotel for us to sleep in that night, you know, like, so So for me, I like that, but I also like to talk about that beforehand. Like, what is the goal for this trip? Like, are we going to just kind of chill out and relax? Are we going to like go see certain landmarks? Like we might want to look them up and make sure they're open. Um, I mean, I I had a friend of mine who like, he saved up all this money to go to New York city with his partner shows up there, comes, comes back. And he's, I was like, how was New York? Did you, you know, he loved Broadway shows. And I said, how was that Broadway show that you, did you go to a Broadway show? I bet you went to a bunch of them. He goes, oh no, well, we we didn't really plan it before we got there. And then when we got there, all the tickets were sold mm. out. And it was like one of those kind of things where he, he, even though he's very P and wanted to just kind of just go wherever, um, he did realize that maybe it would have benefited him to do that. Right. And like, and sometimes for me, if I over plan, I miss out on really cool things. So I think part of it is just having that discussion. Like, what is it? we're trying to accomplish here? What are we trying to do? Or what is, what is our point or our outcome that we want? You know, do we want to put together this Ikea piece of furniture by tonight so we can move stuff in the dresser? Like if that's the case, then let's pick it up. If it doesn't really matter and we have all week and we want to watch TV at the same time or we want to take turns, great. But I think a lot of couples, especially new couples, don't talk about that stuff. They're just right. like, okay, we're in the honeymoon stage. We're so happy. We're going to put together this Ikea furniture. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're destined to break up. Like, do not even try. Right? Poor Ikea. And, really and I love Ikea rap. furniture. It's I getting do. a bad rap. Yeah. Well, and I will your, have to your say. Your animals can destroy it. And you're like, oh, well, that one cost. I will <laughs> say though, out of all the furniture I have put together, Ikea to me is one of the easier ones I've gotten somewhere. Hmm. It's like, there are pre-drilled holes and there's like no pre-drilled holes. So I'm like, ah, right. so I do like that about Ikea, but, um, okay. Well, let's, I, we're, we're, you know, coming to the kind of close of this and, you know, you brought up love languages briefly and, you know, we've talked about a li- mostly about just this idea that our styles can be different. And what do you do when you realize your styles are different? What do you do when you realize your styles are the same? Um, you know, and so particularly with love languages, you talked about do a chore for me versus bring me flowers. So you're clearly mm-hmm. acts of service versus like maybe gifts. Um, 
you know, and I'm, I'm actually the same way. Like if you love me, take out the trash, right? I don't need you to bring me like a present. Um, but you also like words of affirmation. I know you like right. giving them, you do like a lot of poetry and stuff and that's really important. And, you know, I like physical touch. I like gifts, but not, no, I don't like gifts. Actually gifts make me very uncomfortable. I take that back. I like quality time. Quality yeah. time, physical touch, acts of service, and words of affirmation. The <laughs> gifts can suck it. I don't care about gifts. I'm one of those yeah. people, like, if I want something, I'll get it myself. Yeah, like, I would if, agree. You know, if you know exactly what I want and I've said it and I've, like, ordered it, great, give it to me. But otherwise, I don't want it. I don't want it. Like, well, yeah, but I don't like to get gifts from anybody. Well, and I'm I, very- I think... <laughs> I think sometimes the gifts are just weird. It's like, here's a new coffee maker. Like if it's like super sentimental, I'm telling you, my current partner now is the best gift giver I have ever been with in my life, ever in my life. I'll tell you the worst gift I ever got. And this is how I know that gifts are not that important. Like it did had an opposite effect. It was like an unlove language by getting this gift. I remember it was the first birthday that I had with um my ex many, many, many years ago. And she handed me a CD. Okay. So this is pre, you know, streaming mm-hmm. a CD of 1993's greatest hits. And I was like, 1993 what, was what not, year even, was it? It was, it was in 2002. So and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like the last year's greatest hits. It wasn't like right. a special year for me. There was nothing significant about 1993. I was like midway through college at the time. There was nothing. Was it, it for was, that person? It, no, nothing. And it wasn't, there wasn't a song on there that was like my favorite or anything. And I later found out that she found it in one of those like discount bins, right? Where you, it's like a dollar and you grab the CD, but she was like, I thought you would really like this. And I am like, I have a really hard time with like a poker face. And I just like the tears welled up because not only was I like, I didn't want a gift to begin with. It would have been better if she just didn't give me a gift at all, but giving me 1993's greatest hits, I was like, oh my gosh, she doesn't know me. She doesn't love me. Like what on earth is this? What was it? What was the point? Just because it was cheap? I don't know. She never really told me. She's like, I just thought you'd like it. You really like music. I'm like, oh my God, everybody likes music. Like, what is this? And so, but now I'm with someone who the gifts that she gives are so ridiculously thoughtful. Like, so they're not like on my Amazon wish list of like Mm -hmm. a pair of socks. It is, I mean, unbelievable how good of a gift giver she is. I, and, and so to me, it's not the gift that shows the love. It's the time that she put into thinking about the gift. Mm-hmm. It's the service that she went to, to get the gift. Sometimes she has these like made, um, and it's the words of affirmation. She says, when she gives me the gift, it's just, she's spot on. So the gift doesn't really matter, but it's all mm-hmm. the things behind the gift. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So have you ever had a, a good gift, a really good gift, even though you don't really like gifts? Yes. I've gotten a lot of really good gifts. Yeah. Yeah. But I just am, I'm very uncomfortable. Like I I have a real discomfort with taking something with somebody giving me something. It just, yeah. yeah, It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, they can take out the trash. How's that? They can feed you. Well, see, but that's the thing. I take out my own trash. I know. But if someone did, what is the, the recycling? What is the best act of service that someone could give to you? As a, like a partner. I don't know. That's, that's a good thing to think about. I think being attentive, actually, I probably don't need acts of service towards me. I mean, acts of service towards the world. Then I admire them. It okay. doesn't have, I I'm fully self. Like I can do everything myself. Right. So yes. let's say I ask or I hire somebody, whatever, but like, 
That's an interesting question. I think it's more the, 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 the care, the words, you know, it's like, yeah, that's interesting. I need to contemplate that. That'll be for another episode. Well, I can tell you that just your initial response makes me feel incredibly shallow because you said, why? Because you you said (laughs) acts of service towards the world, like making the world a better place. Literally the first thing I thought of is scooping the litter. Oh, (laughs) I only want to see somebody helping other people. But, you know, that's who I am. I'm a, you know, genetic human rights attorney, all that stuff. And that's what's eternal. And like somebody who actually cares. I don't, you know what I mean? But caring, scooping the litter is caring for the cat. It is. And it's caring about me, not having to, you don't have to breathe that litter dust. I really appreciate that. So, all right. Well, we are, we are just about out of time, but I think as we look at kind of the takeaways today, I'll, I'll share my takeaways. Maybe you share your takeaways. Mine is, you know, these, these types of assessments can really help you understand yourself a lot better and be able to, or even validate what you already knew and give language to that, which is, and there's so many great resources out there too, that, um, you know, say like, you you know, any one of these assessments, like in your love life, right. And you can get tips and tricks in these great books and resources. And I mean, all sorts of things to help you figure out how to leverage these different areas and styles and preferences to be a better partner. And so I think that's, the first step is the self-awareness. But I think the second step is being able to, to talk to your partner about these things too and, and really working through what the process is and how you both show up to things, whether that's Ikea furniture or that's planning a trip or just going to the grocery store, but that you can you can leverage those strengths with each other and figure out what's going to work best because it will help you avoid unnecessary conflict and it will also just help you kind of appreciate each other more. So I think mm-hmm. those are my takeaways. I, I don't know, Tracy, what do you have as your takeaways? Um, just that I think everybody like should do all these right away and talk yeah. about them and just do it right away. Do the astrology right away. Get it all out. Like figure these things out so that it makes it easier for you to talk to each other. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm such a different person than I was five years ago. Just from self-awareness and self-awareness, care about the other person. Like, a bill, like if I can understand myself, then I can, you know, understand what they're doing, that I see that there's totally different ways of being in the world, you know? Right. And, and your way is not better than another. Right. I mean, that's the, that's a cool part. Well, I will put some, uh, we'll put some stuff in the show notes here about how to access some of these, at least some of these free assessments um, and, and some information about how to get, get on these right away. If you're interested, you and if you're doing it by yourself, you, if you're in a relationship, your partner and, and have some conversations around these things, because, um, the more insight that you have about each other, the more appreciation you can have and the more love you can have. So for that, yeah, we're all about more love. So, um, all right. I guess we are wrapping up here in, and until we have an opportunity to chat with you again, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.